your auntie comes and says, oh, we're, we're, we have a crisis in this company right now. Um, something just happened and we need to create a new product else we'll go out of the market, right? Um, let me give a good example. You are a fashion designer, right? And all of a sudden, right now, there's a lot of people who are making clothes because of social distancing. There are no parties anymore. So you're, 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 you work in a fashion design um, house and then your MD comes to you and you're a project manager. Your MD comes to you and says, hey, um, we're under a lot of uncertainty right now. We're about to go down. Nobody's wearing clothes, but there's an opportunity. And that opportunity is, um, um, let me say, the government, NCDC just said, just asked us to supply 1,000 um, PPEs. PPEs are protective gears, right? Um, let me say overalls for quarantine centers, right? And it says, you need to create 1,000, you need to create 1,000 units of PPEs, right? Okay, let me re re reduce the grammar. Let me just call it overall, safety overall. So your MD comes and says, you need to produce 1,000 units of overall. Now, this is a practical example of what differentiates a project from an operation. So for a project, right, the first design of that overall, what that overall will look like. Don't forget, the first step is your MD says, I need you to provide, we have a new contract, we need to provide 1,000 overalls. Now, the first thing we want to do is what? You want to sketch what that overall will look like, right? Sketching what that overall will look like is the scope, right? So then you now want to know how much it will cost to do one overall. How much it will cost is now the cost element. You see the, cost, the, 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 the triple constraint is showing up, scope, cost, and time, right? And then you want to know how long it will take you to do one overall. Now, notice the man said you should do 1,000 overall, but in project management, the first one is the main project. Once you get that one right, the duplication, just you producing the, that one, right? So if you produce the one within scope, within cost, within time, right, and he approves of it, the next step will now be go ahead and must produce 1,000 units. Now, the process of producing 1,000 units is no longer a project. It's now an operation. I don't know if I'm communicating. Now, why makes it an operation is because it is now ongoing. You're doing the same thing over and over and over and over again. So the launch of the product is a project, but the operations, the production of the same product, it is no longer a project, it's an operation. Let me use another example. Coca-Cola wants to create a new bottle of Coke. Let me say two liter Coke. Let me say um, Nigerian babies want to produce a bigger bottle of Coke. The production, the process of producing the first bottle of the first two liter is a project. After you produce it, and then you now want to produce 100,000 um, 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 crates. That 100,000 crates comes and operations. Does this make sense to us? If it makes sense to us, just go to the chat section and say yes, yes. So let's go back to the overall. So the guy says, I need you to produce 1,000 overalls. So that 1,000 overall, the first thing we want to do is define the scope. So define the scope means how would it look what is the concept of it, right? And so concept, things like concept, things like looks and all that type of stuff is the scope part of the project. Then every, just like every other project, that thing, that one overall is gonna cost money and then it's gonna have time. So once you define scope, time and cost, you're on your way to understanding project management. In other words, there's no project management without defining scope, cost and time. Now, what now makes a project successful? is now on the quality of your def definition, right? That's the quality of your plan for scope. 
plan for cost and plan for time. If you make mistake with the cost, right, you probably run that project badly. So here's a practical example. So you said you an overall, and then you did not do your budgeting well. You now say it's going to cost you 2,000 naira to do an overall. It gives you 2,000 naira to do an overall. And as you start to produce that overall, you realize that that, that, that 2,000 naira will not be enough. You have just already started to fail on that project. So remember, the key thing you want to do as a project manager is be very good at defining scope, be very good at defining cost, and be very good at defining time, right? So a project is a temporary endeavor, right, that requires an input and output within a constraint. Now, within a constraint here is a triple constraint, scope, cost, and time, right? Remember, it has to be unique. Once you produce the first one and you need to repeat it, it stops being a project, it now becomes an operation, right? Now, back to the question that I asked and um, Sir answered it about um, formal power. After you, after you have been able to meet the owner of the project, now, the terms in project management is different, right? So, once again, that your MD that said, come and show me the first sample of these clothes, this overall, that I'm going to now take the NCDC to approve. They approve, will now produce 1,000 copies. Right in project management, what we call that your MD is not an MD. What we call that your MD now, pay attention to these terms, is called a sponsor. So, sponsor is the person that provides you the resources for your project. Right? Right? So, a sponsor is the guy that provides you resources for your project. One, a sponsor is not somebody that authorizes your project. Right? So, there is no project management without authorization. So the guy who authorizes your project is a sponsor. Now, why are we using the word sponsor? Because in some projects, there is sponsor and there is customer, right? Sponsors and customers are not the same. So let's go back to, to the commission of the overall. The guy that gave you money to produce overall is your sponsor. Now, don't forget that they gave you money to produce overall. But guess what? The guy that gave you money to produce overall might not be the one to wear that overall. The guy that is going to wear that overall is the guy you call your customer. I don't know if this is making sense. So there's a clear cut difference between between sponsor and, and customer. And I'm going to explain how people get into trouble by not understanding this because the first thing you want to do as a project manager is know who your sponsor is and know who your customer is. And when you know who your sponsor is and who your customer is, Right. Um, okay. Before I go ahead, right. Um, I want to ask um, Victoria. Are you here? Is Victoria here? Victoria, for here you can unmute your mic. Okay. Um, um, God's glory. Please come for a second. I need to see you in the in, in my office. I, I need to just quickly run stuff by you. Um, I'm very sorry once again for. Okay, sir. The, the break for the breaks in, um, in, in, in transmission. So what happened if you're just joining in now was that we wasted the first 30 minutes dealing with hackers, right? So sorry if you're just joining in. I think that affected almost everything, right? Because I mean, some hacker came in and was now showing us porn on our, our screens, right? I'd like to once again apologize, even though we don't know where they came from, right? I think they're just some foreign um, people who came. I don't know how, I don't know, but I think that's something that's a question for another day. But um, that disrupted our whole concept. So the normal standard is a Hexavian guy is on the background typing out some of the things that I'm saying as resolutions, right? So please get in touch with Victoria or Toby or anybody to do a summary 
of each of the things that I'm saying, right? So the chat session is open now. The chat session wasn't open before, so we couldn't do it now. So I think that we are, we've gone past this whole hacker thing, right? So we're back to, we cannot live our lives the way we were supposed to live. Please, if you joined in before with your team members and they had to leave because that's end that meeting, right? Please, you can always get your team members to, to log on back so that uh, now that everything's been sort, sorted out, right? Um, so they can log back in. We had over 100 people initially, but now notice that it's reduced because some people left and didn't come back again. I'm sure for some a few people, they must have been disgusted by the hackers' um, challenge. So please, now this chat section is on. Please tell our team in Exeter to do a summary of the conversation that we're having, right? Um, just wanted to point that out. So in case I'm talking really fast, please always refer to the chat section to get a summary of what I'm saying. That's really what I'm saying. If you're with me, please say yeah, yeah on the chat section. Okay, so there's a difference between a sponsor and a customer. A sponsor is the guy that pays you. A customer is the person that is using the product. It's like what happens in a school, right? If you own a school, you know that you have a sponsor and you have a customer. In the school, a sponsor, if you run a primary school, your sponsor is the parents that pay you school fees, right? But the customer is students that use your school. And in project management, you are most accountable to your sponsor, right? You are most accountable to your sponsor. Now, this is very important for you to understand. And I'll be using examples that we can relate with. I'm sure everybody here has gone to one wedding in their life where they were like, damn, this wedding was badly planned and managed. Also, somebody here would have gone to a wedding that was very good, right? A wedding that was very good, right? And you would come back home and say, ah, that wedding was properly planned. Now, let me tell you what really happens, which is different between and a good event planner and a bad event planner. Matter of fact, by the way, an event planner is actually a project manager. He just doesn't know it yet. So if you're here in your event company, please, you need to take a PMP course or a project management course because the methodologies of project management will help you um, manage your wedding as an event planner better. So here's what happens in a bad wedding. The first, when you go to a bad wedding, what you realize first is that the wedding planner has too many people controlling him. So what happens in a wedding is, they, it's time for item seven, food, right? The bride and the groom is giving you order, right? The mother of the bride and the groom is giving you order. The mother of the, uh, the father is giving you order. The friends are giving you order. It's the first step of destruction. You are just about to ruin a man's wedding that paid you money to have a great time. So the first thing you want to do in project management is know who your sponsor is and be most accountable to your sponsor. So how do you now start a project after you know your sponsor? Project management is never started, except there's an authorization. Now, what is this authorization? This authorization is what um, 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 the man that um, answered that question correctly called a project charter, right? So a project charter is authorizes, a project charter is a document that authorizes your project. So if somebody says, come and do this for me, and I want you to be a project manager, the next thing you want to do, right, after you give him a preliminary definition of scope, cost, and time. Now, I'm giving you the word preliminary because you still would have to detail that data into what we call a baseline. So you're going to give him a cost baseline, a scope baseline, and a cost baseline. By the way, what we call cost baseline is what everybody calls budget in everyday language. But pay attention to project management languages. 
But when you, before you give him even that preliminary document, the first thing you want to do is you want to tell him, sir, I need you to authorize me for this project. So what does this mean, right? It means that authorization means that he has to create what you call a project charter. Now, a project charter is a very fancy word for a document, a legal document that says, I also have authorized you to be the guy that will be in charge of this project. You will be in charge of this project and you'll be in charge of every single part of the project. That's in charge of the people, you're in charge of the money, you're in charge of the time and the schedule, you're in charge of the quality, you're in charge of every single that project. So project failed for lack of authorization or, or so they can authorize you, but they didn't authorize you properly by signing the charter. So you're supposed to sign and you're supposed to sign. So after you sign that charter, right, you can now go to, go to the, the process of planning that project. Now, what am I driving at with this is every time you see a failed project, what has happened is they didn't define time, they didn't define scope well, they didn't define cost well, they did not have a project, a clear cut authorization. So three, four people, right, are all in the same project. So even though you're a project manager, you have other stakeholders who are also playing project manager. We all know that one event, we all been to that one home, that one wedding where they're serving food, right? And then you tell, you, you are the project manager of that, of that, so you're the wedding planner. So you tell your team, your caterers, start serving from the left. Then the mother of the bride will come and say, no, start from the right, because that's where my village people are. Now, if they gave you the right authorization, right? Your, the person, your client's mother-in-law cannot go to your caterers to tell them to start from the right. What your mother-in-law will do is come to you because you are the authorized project manager, right? And then he now tells you, um, um, please, is it okay for them to start from the right? Now, in project manager, that takes a lot of process. There's something called change request. So he's going to give you a change request and you have to approve. If you don't approve it, they don't implement it, right? So that's um, out of the way. So now let's deal with um, the methodologies for, for project management. Now, there are, there are two key concepts you need to understand in project management. Steps, which we call faces, right? So let me use the right word. Faces uh, and knowledge area. So for you to have a successful project, right? You must, every project must go through five steps, five steps. The first step is initiation. The second step is planning. The third step is execution. The fourth step is um, monitoring and control, right? I think I should turn on my video so that um, people can see me, right? The first step is um, initiation. The second step is planning. The third step is execution. The fourth step is monitoring and control. And the fifth step is delivery, what we call closing, right? You cannot successfully deliver a project if you don't understand these steps. So remember, first step is initiation. It's at the initiation phase that, you, that they authorize you. So the main work of initiation is signing, developing a project charter, developing and signing a project charter, right? Um, a project charter is the document that authorizes you. And then the second, second thing you do in initiation, right, is identify the key stakeholders. This is also a problem most project managers have. They don't identify key stakeholders. So I'm going to use the conversation of the wedding once again. If you're an event planner, once, they, once you're in the process of initiating a project, 
during the, the initial meeting, what they call an initiation, um, a, a, a kickoff meeting, you want to ask your sponsor. Remember, sponsor is the guy that is paying. You want to ask your sponsor, please, you're the one that is paying me, so you're my number one stakeholder. But please, can I know the other stakeholders in this your wedding? So you now give you a list of stakeholders. You can say, okay, oh, the groom men are stakeholders, the the um, um bride, bride, bridal children are stakeholders, my mother is my 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 staff in my office are stakeholders. So you identify the stakeholders. It's not even okay, it's not even enough to just identify the stakeholders. You need to prioritize the stakeholders because not all stakeholders, not all stakeholders have the same level of of influence or power. So you need to know who has high power, low power, right, in your project. It's extremely important that you know who has low power and who has high power. You cannot treat everybody the same. Some people are just more equal than others, right? So after you make the first step, so the first step is initiation, right? After initiation, right, let me stop sharing my screen. Hopefully, hopefully this um, challenge would have All right, so uh, I think I'm getting back into my zone after the shock of our hackers. So um, if you can see me, please go to the chat section and say, yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, fantastic. I see people are helping us all with um, the summaries. God bless you guys uh, big time for that. So. The first phase of a project, remember there are five phases of project management. The first phase I said is initiation. The second phase is planning. What happens in initiation is you sign a project charter. So that's where they authorize you. If they don't authorize you, you will just be wasting your time. You would hit a roadblock. You will hit a roadblock if they don't authorize you. Now, for people who are in management, which I believe almost everybody here is in management, this is what really happens in your company, right? Without you knowing is that most of the time, when they give you a project to deliver on, right? You didn't define cost, time, and scope well. You did not identify the key stakeholders. So because you don't identify the key stakeholders, right? At the point where you're doing the project, you reach a roadblock. So I'll give you a practical example. You see this all the time. So you want to build a house. You bought the land from the guy that built, that, that, that sold you the land, right? You go to Julius Berger. You tell Julius Berger, I have land now. Can you come and build for me? Julius Berger says, okay, no problem. You paid Julius Berger. Now you've paid, to be, you've paid Julius Berger to build for you. You've paid the guy that sold the land for you. So you have land. Now, the problem is Julius Berger is supposed to start building on Monday. Julius Berger carries the tractor and everything to, to go and build the house. On getting there on the Monday morning, behold, they meet Omonile. So if you're not in Lagos, Omonile is, the, is a term for people who, who literally claim to be landowners, not landowners, people who are indigent or who feel like it's their heritage, that that area is their own, you must wet the ground. Now, no matter what Julius Berger wants to do, they will not build a foundation without settling those omonile, omoniles. Now, what, who is an omonile? Omonile is a stakeholder. So you have to prioritize your stakeholders. So after 
your initiation when you find your stakeholder because you don't identify your stakeholders and prioritize them. You're going to get in trouble when you start to plan. Now we now move into planning. So planning is the place where you detail all the things you want to do, right? Now there's high level of detail and there's low level of detail. In your um, initiation phase, you you give a very high level of detail. Matter of fact, the high level of detail you give in initiation. Is what, what if you're into market advertising, there's something they, 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 they say they call the look of look of success, right? Look of success. So look of success in the high level of expectation. So let me use the word even once again, right? Look of success or um as matter of fact, the proper terminology for it in project management is actually SOW. Now what's SOW? SOW is called statement of work. Now, statement of work is a high-level description of what is to be achieved. So if you're an event planner, your statement of work is number of, in other words, what would be the, what would be a successful wedding to your sponsor? So you tell your sponsor, can you please define what your successful wedding would be? So if I tell you the successful wedding for me is a wedding where everybody eats, one definition. Two, everybody dances, second expectation. Three, where everybody gets a gift, three, right? Four, where, can somebody help me? Please go to the chat section. What else would a successful uh, wedding be? I know there are people who every Saturday go for weddings here. Yeah. So you define all of that, but don't forget, all these definitions are very high level. It only tells you what, it doesn't tell you how. It just says, okay, everybody must eat, but it doesn't tell you how people will eat. Now, it is not the project, man. it's not the sponsor's work to tell you how. He will tell you what, and his what is not even detailed. So you take that what, right, and then you now start to break it down into details in planning. So after initiation, you go to planning. So planning is where you now break that down into details, right? So um, initiation, then planning and execution, then monitor and control and closing. So those are the, the five steps or better yet, the right word is phases of project management, right? Um, now, before I move on to um, the knowledge areas, right? So the key thing you want to understand is there are five uh, phases in project management and then 10 knowledge areas. So what are knowledge areas? Knowledge areas are those key things, right? That a project manager. Now, I, I don't want you to fall into the trap to say, well, this doesn't concern me. I'm not a project manager. Everybody is a project manager. Matter of fact, life is a project because life has a definite start and a definite end. Everybody knows you, you, you were born and you will die, right? So, we all have to learn to understand the methodologies of organizing projects. Now, let me tell you what happens most of the time. If you must run a project, right, you must know the knowledge areas the same way you must know the steps, right? Matter of fact, there is a diagram for this, but um, let's not get technical, like I said. So there are nine knowledge areas, and I'm going to break down each of them. This is the crux of today's session. The first one is integration management, right? Okay, matter of fact, maybe before I start breaking it down, let me pause for a bit and let's make this interactive. Does anybody have any question? You can nicely unmute your mic, right, to ask me um, your question on what I've said so far. Does anybody have a question? Right, um, God's glory. Um, I don't know if um, you can yeah, allow people to unmute, unmute so they can ask their questions. Does anybody have a question so, so far? I've done that, sir. Okay, if you have a question, right, please um, ask me about what I've, I've, I have um, I've just said right now. 
stop us so good, sir. You can kindly move ahead. What? Okay, let me see. Um, sorry, does anybody want to ask anything? Yeah. Somebody said, I'd appreciate you the recording be sent to my email. Um, I, I, it's just really funny. Um, there's just a lot of things that happen in this in this our, our today's um, session, right? That just disrupted a lot of the conversations, right? Um, the hackers that hacked us and all that. Um, I, I was giving, I was making an announcement earlier. So if you came earlier, you'd have seen some of the announcements I have made. Um, one of the announcements I made was that um, this series runs once every two weeks, right? So every other week we have this um, sessions, right? We've had different sessions. Now the recordings are always available, right? So if you want to get the recording of this, now the recording is not for free. Of course, you know this session already is free and it's brought to you courtesy of our partners, right? Which um, I think in a few minutes we'll be calling them up, right? Um, for us to, uh, for them to come and just quickly, um, less than five minutes advertise what they do, right? The only way we can keep these sessions free so that everybody can benefit from it is if we um, get people to pay for other people to attend. And how we do this is through corporate sponsorship, right? So if you want to get this session, it's a token of 5,000 naira after the, just drop your email, just drop your email and we'll send you the record in both audio and video of this session. Matter of fact, also available at the other session that you might have missed in the past. Don't forget, um, started this session three months ago. Different, every, every time we have a new concept. The last one we had was, finance for non-finance executives. Um, before then, we had design thinking, the Stanford course, right? And then um, we had um, operational excellence. So um, if you want the session, you can always drop your email. Just go to the email session and just go to the chat session and drop um, <clears throat> your emails, right? Um, okay, so let's ask, in the, if there is no question, um, I'm going to share my screen again and I'm going to ask you, a question based on what I have just said, right? Um, okay. Um, Okay, so let's take a shot at this question. It says, which one of the following take the progressive, uh, uh, I don't know how I'm gonna do this now. It says, which one of the following, right, um, takes the progressive elaboration, right? Uh, I'm really careful to use all these tools now with all these things that happen, right? So it says, which of the following is the progressive elaboration approach, right, and plan? Which of the following take the progressive elaboration approach and plans? the work in the near term, which of the following takes the progressive elaboration approach and plans the work in the near term in detail and future work in a higher level? Cannot today. So A, scope definition, B, rolling wave, C, decomposition, and then D, SWOT analysis. Yeah, I didn't say anything, so the point. So it says, which one of the following takes the progressive elaboration approach and plans the work in the near term in detail? and future work in a higher level. Does anybody want to try? Okay, so Mr. Sadiku says it's um, rolling wave. 
Mr. Sadiku, can you please, um, I see a lot of people are very familiar with these terms in project management, and I find that very exciting in itself, so we can vibe on a particular mental level. So, um, um, Mr., uh, I hope I don't murder your name at this point, um, Mr. Sadiku, right, can you please mute your mic and tell us what rolling wave is? Okay, Mr. Sadiku or Ima Uyele, can anybody give me an idea of what the rolling wave is? If you know what the rolling wave is, the answer is actually rolling wave, right? Now, don't forget we're jumping into knowledge areas and um, um, planning, right? It's, it's a term, matter of fact, it's a term in the second knowledge area. There are 10 knowledge areas you must know in project management, right? Um, so let me stop sharing my screen so you can see me um, um, further, right? Uh, okay. So there are 10 knowledge areas, right, in project management. Right? Now, knowledge area are skills you must have as a project manager, right? Don't forget, first, as a project manager, identify your sponsor, differentiate your sponsor from your customer, identify the stakeholders, make sure that your sponsor gives you an authorization to a project charter. That makes means that you're the sole um, custodian of resources, any form of resources, whether it's money, whether it's human resources, 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 right? But beyond that, right, after that whole initiation phase, you move into planning. Now, in planning, right, there are, there are, there are applications that, there are steps to planning, right? So. So like nested step, right? So there are five steps for project management. Each of those steps have their own smaller steps in it, right? So the knowledge areas are key things you must know as a project manager, key ideas and concepts you must know, right? So for example, if you want to be a lawyer, you must know the constitution, right? That's a knowledge area, right? If you want to be a business lawyer, right? Um, if you're reading business law, you must know at least um, all the documentations around business. You must understand what the Karma Act says. You must know what the um, CAC um, um, documentations are and all that type of stuff. The same way with project management. Well, for you to be a project manager, there is nine, ten knowledge areas you must know. One, you must be able to be an integrator because the project is a collection of tasks. Sometimes they're not even related at all. Right? Sometimes they're not even related at all. Right? Now, let me tell us something that I think is um, actually very interesting in projects, right? So a collection of tasks, right? In, um, interdependent task is called a project. Now, a set of projects, you can have something called a set of projects, a collection of projects. That's a bit out of the scope of the question, but let me just say it. Um, a collection of projects is called a program, right? And then a collection of programs is called a portfolio. Now, you, might, you can live your whole life right, in your corporate ladder and not have to ever work in a big company that does programs, right? So I'll give a practical example. If you're into construction, most of the time you find your construction doing projects, but the bigger your construction company becomes, the construction company stop doing projects. No, no, they don't stop doing projects. They, they do more than, they start doing more than projects. They start to do programs. Let me give you a good example. Building a house and building an airport are two levels of projects. Matter of fact, an airport is not a project. People just say it's a project. It is not a project. It is a program. 
because in that pro airport, there are different projects inside the airport. For it to be an airport, it was built first, the command center, you must build the, 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 the runway, you must build the parking lots. Each of these small, small parts are their own project. When you now connect them together, it now becomes a program. Now, what am I driving at this? Whether you're a project manager, whether you're a program manager. Now, as companies grow big, I'm sure you've seen, you've been to multinationals where they say, oh, somebody's a project manager. He had just been promoted to become a program manager. Then you have something called a portfolio manager, right? Right, portfolio is you have so many projects that might not even be related. Now, unlike a program, all the projects are related, but a portfolio, they are not related. Now, whether you're a project manager, a program manager, or a portfolio manager, there are knowledge areas you must know, right? So what are those knowledge areas? One, integration management, the ability to integrate different tasks together, right? Is what makes it an integrator. So um, I'll give you a practical example. Remember when we're talking about a wedding, if you're an event planner, so you're a project, an event planner is a project manager for an event, right? Let's use the word appropriately. Now, in that wedding, hmm, there are like so many parts of a wedding. So there's DJ and music, that's one part. There is hall and decoration, that's another part. There is catering, that's another part. You see, there are three parts. It doesn't make sense for you to have a great DJ, but bad food. If you have a great DJ, that plays good music. So you brought a DJ copy or DJ exclusive to play at the wedding, but the food just was crap. You have ruined that wedding. Or the food was good, but the music was just so bad. They were playing Baba Frayo and Daddy Shoki in a 2020 wedding. You know that this one don't know what they're doing, right? So the ability to integrate is a knowledge area you must know, right? And for you to understand knowledge um, integration, there are certain things you must know on that integration, right? Developing project charter is an integrative integration part. Then there is also a project plan. Developing a project plan is part of integration management because what you call a project plan is a collection of different smaller plans, right? So let me give you a practical example. You want to do a wedding, I want to do a project plan for wedding. That project plan will have um, stakeholder, a plan for managing stakeholders, right? So who reports to who, right? Right, so that's one under communication. Who does announcements in the wedding? That's communication, right? You know, so that's communication. But also in that same wedding, right, there has to be a budget. So that budget is its own plan. That budget is called a cost management plan, really. So it's from that cost management plan that you can now build your budget. Then there's also time, right? So time is also so integration is how you add every single part together. So that's one. Second one is scope, right? Scope is there must be boundaries. Remember the key to project management must have a start and an end. So there must be boundaries. So scope is making sure that everything has boundaries. You're not doing more or less. Matter of fact, in project management, if somebody says, show me a cloth with, with um, three buttons, and you decide as a project manager, say you're the tailor. Now the tailor here will be the project manager. The tailor now decides to show. Now the guy says the sponsor, which is the cost, the, now at this point, the sponsor is probably the customer. He says, don't forget, sponsor can be customer or the sponsor might not be customer. So at this point, let's say the sponsor is the customer. The sponsor says, show me this cloth and I need three buttons. If you put five buttons instead of three, you are a bad project manager. My father will call that thing in project management is scope creep. You don't want to be a scope creeper, right? But if you also, you say put three buttons, you put one button, you would have missed out on it. So you have to understand scope. So scope is collecting requirements, defining scope, so your surveys, your questionnaires, your ability for you to say, oh, sir, this is what you said, Abi. Please, can you sign here that you said three buttons? 
if God doesn't sign, you don't start to sow. So that it's not now, it's not so that when you come back in, when the guy come back in one week time, you get angry that I had you put three buttons. He said, he said three buttons, but it wasn't documented. It will enter story. I don't know if this sounds familiar. I'm sure somebody here would have had this issue, right? So there's integration management, then there's scope management, then there's time management, then there's management. I don't know who's um, typing, who's doing the summary. Can somebody please help us with the summary of these um, um, conversations, right? Right. So there's um, integration, there's scope, there's time, there's cost, right? There's communication. Now, each of these things are knowledge areas. Then there's quality. You must understand quality and excellence. The knowledge area is under quality management that you have things like Six Sigma. You know, you have power diagram, you have control chart, you have histogram, you know, you have um, affinity diagrams. It's a very technical part of your work. And after quality, you have human resources. There is no way you are going to successfully deliver a project if you don't understand human resources. You have to know other human resources, how to get the right team, right? How to put the right, it's not just having the right team that is important. It's also putting the right people in the right positions, right? Then being able to motivate them. So you have to understand motivational theories. I'm going to come back to some of these key things later, right? You have to know the team building processes. Now, here's what happens in, 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 in when you have a team. The fact that they're all good at what they do does not mean that they're going to produce a good project. So here's what I'm saying. The fact that there is DJ copy, right? And then there is tantalizer supplying the food. So let's say tantalizers in the kitchen of the wedding, right? And um, DJ copy in the wheels of steel, that's the scratch, the scratch turntable that the DJs use, right? Um, um, Ebuka as the MC does not still mean you're going to be able to have a successful wedding or a successful project. What makes it successful is that you can sort of make all of them work together. So making them work together, work together might be find out what motivates them, right? And how can you communicate to them? So that's why um, human resources is important. Now, let's move from human resources, right? Um, I think I've mentioned about five now, um, actually six. Then we have um, risk. Every project has risk. There is no project you do in life that doesn't have risk. I mean, let me be practical. This um, um, this particular um, um, Zoom meeting, right, is a project. It has a start and an end, but there was a risk. A hacker came in, right, and started um, showing us um, 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 unsuitable um, um, content, right? That was a risk, right? So maybe I could have planned this project better, right? Now, there's no way I could have known, but what I probably would have done would have been to ask people who have done Zoom meetings before. Matter of fact, if you notice what happened was in the heat of this, this thing, right? I asked if somebody had and Mr. Kuro called me on the phone and said, Izu, don't worry, calm down. I know what happened. This thing has happened to me in my Zoom meeting. I will call an expert and then he called uh, Mr. Banji. And Mr. Banji, God bless you big time for stepping in. Now, that is risk. So in your project, you must identify all of your risk before you start. And then as you even start, you must be able to still, because risk is ongoing, right? As I'm talking right now, there could be another hacker who will join in, right? So the risk factor has to be ongoing, right? Identify your risk. And the same way you identify stakeholders, you must identify risk, then prioritize risk. There's high risk, there's low risk. Matter of fact, there's even the risk that happens 
when you sort out a risk, right? Right? That in the process of trying to sort out a risk, another risk can happen, right? So let me give you a part example. A wedding, what's the risk of a wedding? A risk might be people getting too bored. So how can you not make people get bored? So you say, okay, there are going to be drinks. As long as people have drinks, when Shayo the party, people they catch crews. So it's okay, there's going to be um, drinks, right? So you just mitigated that risk by bringing drinks. But guess what? Bringing drinks create another risk of people getting drunk. Do we see what's going on, right? So you have to consistently be able to do that, right? Um, and then after risk, we have um, procurement management and then we have stakeholder management, right? So I will pause here and have ACME quickly step in right, to have conversations on um, what their offering is. But before then, um, can anybody just quickly unmute their mic and ask questions? I, I think we have about two minutes to ask questions on knowledge areas and um, faces, right? So a project, what the key thing you need to know is project has five faces. There's um, initiation, there's planning. From planning, you go to execution. From execution, you go to monitor control, and then you close a project. When we talk about closing, you see how, how that is something most Nigerians don't understand. People don't know how to close in this country. So we all know that one guy that builds the house, he's finished building the house. The guy has moved in, but he's still calling the guy that built the house. Ah, uh, something is leaking. That's usually a problem. At that point, somebody has to settle the matter because you did not close the project well. So there's no clear cut line that was drawn. Say, sir, I finished this project, but if you call me after today, it is no longer construction, it is now maintenance, and I will charge you separately for it, right? So um, maybe at this point, I would, um, I would let you um, ask questions. Everybody have questions, real life issues, right? Does everybody have real life issues on, on, on project that you might want to share? Just quickly unmute your mic and ask the questions. Okay, Mr. Jawad, um, you can go ahead and ask your question. Uh, who's, who's, who's controlling this now? Uh, I see some hands up. Uh, but let the, the participants to move to their safe. Okay. Me, please. Okay. Um, I have a question. This is Patrick. Um, okay. There's this, um, uh, will I say, it's a common thing actually I've seen among um, road projects. Take for instance, um, in Abia State, there's a lot of road projects ongoing, different types of road projects. Uh, you end up seeing many of them uncompleted. Sometimes I start asking myself, why was the project started in the first place? And then yeah. after about, um, six months, one year, the project is still ongoing, then suddenly it stops halfway, nothing is being done again about that project, 
and it is left like that at the mercy of so many people in order for them to either get injured or wanting or the other, you know, to happen. So I, I keep asking, why do we have a project that is started and not finished? This, uh, the, the answer yet is, you know, yet to be answered. That's why I have to bring it up in this very forum. Um, okay, Thank so here's what, here's what happened, right? Um, by the way, I like to state that none of us is as smart as all of us, right? Collaboration and um, collaborative thinking is something we, we always encourage in Xavier. So you can always feel free to chat your own answer, right? Um, okay, so what happens in, there's so many reasons why projects are abandoned. First of all, most of the time it's bad project planning. Remember, planning is everything. So what happens most of the time is, um, first of all, why are projects started? Every project you see is, should be as a result of one of these things. One, is that is a business decision, right? That means the benefit of that project must always outweigh the costs. I'll give you a practical example. Nigeria in the last four years have spent billions of, billions of Naira trying to find oil in the north, right? That's a very bad, that, that's dead on arrival, right? So you see, most of the time, the business case wasn't defined. So that's a bad business case. Before you, remember I said, every project has input and has output. The input of a project, one of them is a business case. Did anybody even make a business case for it? So what's a business case? Is it worth doing? Is it worth doing, right? Is it worth doing? So you see, so you see this a lot. So one thing is, first of all, bad, bad, bad business case, right? Two, politics. Right? Three, inexperienced project managers. In other words, just mediocres. Once again, you see the most failed project in governments because I think the criteria to be a, a, a politician in this country, you have to be mediocre. I don't know why. But if you put the right people in a place, I mean, how often do you see a Julius Berger abandoned project? Have you noticed that there's really would you see a Julius Berger abandoned project? Now, you know why? The way Julius Berger does their project charter, you cannot sign a project charter with Julius Berger. Right, and not complete that project. If you abandon that project halfway, Julius Berger will sue you, even as a government. So you see how project just authorization, just charter helps you solve that problem. Right. So I tell you in no particular order, politics, bad business case, sometimes um technology um, 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 te um, te um technology obsoleteness. So you start a project halfway, the technology for that project goes into extinction, right? And then you don't know what to do next, right? And then um, improper planning, then sometimes it's conflict. So we started the project, but we're all, we're all happy when we started the project. Halfway into the project, we start to have incompatibility of goals. Incompatibility of goals is what is defined in project management as conflict. So one guy says, oh, you must pass my village. The road must pass my village. The other one says, no, the road must not run my village. How can you be having that kind of conversation in the, when projects are started? That's the culture you have before project starts. Or project starts and then they say, they say there is rain. How can you be planning to do a road and you do not plan rain? Right? Matter of fact, a client, a client was doing a brand activation and then halfway into the activation, right? So we paid these guys to share flyers, roller skates, and all that. We paid them for five days. Then all of a sudden, right? All of a sudden, Five days, they did the first one, it was successful. Second day was the third day, they stopped. Why did you guys stop? It was raining. That was not mother nature. 
you cannot be doing activation without at least using your metrology and tools, the metrology tools you have on your phone, weather forecast, you should know, right? So you see conflicts, conflict, and most of the time, what causes conflict is schedules, is priority, is money, right? And sometimes just personality. So one guy's ego becomes so big, right? And he says, you know what? Ego kills businesses in this country. You'll be shocked at how many projects would never happen just because the people don't agree. They have ego, right? I mean, let me practical. Look at what happened with um, with the, the refineries. Look at what happened with Ibe Kachuku. They had a great plan, but you know how that ended up. Just ego, you know? No, you cannot talk to us this way. You know, who are you? You know, so sometimes these are the real issues. Then also not carry stakeholders along. Not carry stakeholders along, right? I know of a church that was going to, I think it's in Portacourt, the church was going to do the road, right? They had paid everybody to do the road. They have paid all the stakeholders, all the construction guys, everything to do the road. When these guys moved to site, the village that wanted to do the road that would pass, the village said no, that they have to settle them. You can imagine, they want to do your own road and the villagers are saying, you must settle you. The pastor just got really angry and said, you know what, I'm not doing it again, I'm abandoning. My fact, the guy got angry and moved his church from that area to another place, right? So I think um, that's pretty much um, what it is, right? Um, Ugochuku, are you ready now for um, your, for your, um, for your shorts? Yes, sir. Your, okay. Um, All right. Okay. Good so, everyone. Um, sorry guys, before you start, before you start, um, please, uh, which you might need to, I don't know, there's an echo. You might need to solve your echo, echo problem. I don't know what it says. So um, this session is brought to you, Ketty of Acme, Briggs and Piera, Function 360, and um, iTech, right? So I believe that each of them will have about two, three minutes to quickly explain what they do and drop their contact. You can also ask them questions. So Ugochuku, the floor is open for you now. All right, thank you, sir. Good, everyone. My name is Gochuku from Acme Brands Limited. Acme Brands is a FMCG distributor, market activation, and integrated marketing company. FMCG, before everybody asks what is FMCG, FMCG is, means fast moving consumer goods. So our organization is focused on providing market analysis, strategy, and effectively dispensing products of good quality to customers through a unique supply chain framework. And we help, we help companies and organizations who are looking for a reliable outsourcing partner to help them market, distribute, or introduce their businesses in new or existing markets. And our services include procurement, marketing and sales, distribution and logistics. We also market expansion services and marketing, market analysis and research. And why people may ask, why, why is Acme different? What makes Acme different? Acme uses an approach that is called customer centricity. Does anyone know what customer centricity means? Hello? No. no. Okay. Customer centricity is an approach in business that helps you provide, that, that is aimed at providing a positive customer experience. This is done both at the point of sale and also after sale in order to gain 
in order to drive profit and gain competitive advantage. The type of marketing we do at Acme is what is called experiential marketing. Experiential marketing is also called live marketing or engagement marketing. It's a type of marketing that is aimed at creating memorable experiences for the customers that will make them not forget about the brand easily. And you know, we all know this is where the power of referrals comes into play. You know, when you do something that makes a customer that puts it in his mind that, hey, so, so and so brand did something, he refers to another person and that person refers to another person and that's how your business grows. So that's all Acme is all about. And you can contact us at our email, acmebrandslimited at gmail.com, or you can chat us up or call our number. That is 0811-384-9412. And you can also check, our, check out our Instagram page. That is Acme Brands Limited. Thank you. Um, okay. Um, thank you very much, um, Mr. Albuchuku. So like you said, Acme is... Um, then to experiential marketing, right? Um, they are also into uh, market activations, right? So you have a new store and you want people to know about the store. You want us to help you um, 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 get the words out, whether it's through digital marketing, right? Um, sponsored ads, or it's even offline. You need those crazy guys with roller skates to share flyers, to make noise. You know, you want us to get you um, engagement. Right, you know, you can always um, um, talk, 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 talk to us. They're also into procurement, right? So, um, um, please, um, Mugochuku, you can go to the chat section and drop your phone number and your email. All right, right. sir. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you. So, um, let's move on, right? Um, so, let me read some of the questions that people are asking, right? And then we can try to answer it right together. Uh, I'm trying to see the questions. Uh, hold on. Okay, so um, somebody saying, please allow Ola Banji back in. Uh, okay, okay. Okay, somebody's asking, is PMP the same as Prince 2? Uh, no. Okay, so the difference between PMP and Prince 2 is that. Um, PMP is actually, I, I don't want to, I, 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 um, there's you this argument about PMP and Prince 2. Now, PMP is American, Prince 2. They are the two highest um, certification in the world on project management. They're actually very difficult. Um, the pass rate for a PMP is 42%. So that means more than half people that write a PMP exam will fail that exam. It's quite difficult. Um, I have a PMP myself, right? I'm certified PMP, and I, I know how many years had to read through and um, you, beyond even writing the exam, you must have at least four years experience managing projects. So I would advise that would be PMP than PS2. PMP is harder, but it's more valuable and then it's widely recognized. So if you're especially one of these people who are trying to relocate to Canada, I think PMP is a better um, um, exam for, for, for you. Right. Um, okay, so... Um, Okay, so does anybody please can quickly, you can quickly also um, ask your questions, right? Um, you can unmute and ask your questions around projects. I think I lost, I lost, um, I lost my chat, so I really can't see the. Okay. Um, good evening, everyone. Good evening. Good evening, Ezo Oromo. <laughs> How are you doing, uh, sir? I just want to say, 
I, will, I have a question to ask. Are we together? Yes, yes, can hear you. Okay. Um, the last um, person who asked a question with respect to why projects are being abandoned, and uh, you gave an exclusive response, which yeah. I so much appreciated. But yeah. there was something you never mentioned, which I feel I think I need to ask on this note. Yeah. That if uh, we have a project of that kind being abandoned, I I want to liken uh, the reason to the, the inability of the construction company to get a very good planning engineer. Because when we talked about all this scope, um, we talk about this scope, we also talk about um, uh, other stakeholders and other situational issues that might arise. With the planning engineer or the planner having all this knowledge before going in for the project, if he put that into consideration in his planning processes, and I'm sure that would take care of all that. But most times I see that they don't know the significance of a planning engineer, and as such, they yeah. don't bring them to yeah. the project itself. Because in the oil and gas, in the oil and gas, I must say that those planning engineers, they are well paid because they use Primavera to plan the project. They bring yeah. in um, uh, uh, all situational issues that might arise, even the weather condition, because they are, they are exceptional that's when do. it comes that's to that. They They're experts. <clears throat> so, and, and most of this construction company feel that, huh? All they know is a civil engineer, mechanical, but they forget that aspect of the planning engineer, that planning is key. So because they don't bring any planning engineer to do all the planning for them, and as such, they abandon the projects. Several of them abandon projects because they find themselves in an unforeseen circumstances. Personally, I have been in Bruno State in a, at the center of San Bernardino Forest, a local government called Damboa, very close to Chibok, where I manage project. And we have series of issues, some things we never planned for. Now, these are some of the constraints. We make these plans and we also add other things to ensure that uh, uh, we welcome any form of difficulty we might have along the way. But like we said, okay. when you have I'm your so, actual- yeah, I'm, so I'm sorry because of time, I might need to cut you, right? Um, I think you already answered the question and I totally agree with you. I'm very sorry so that other people can ask. Is that okay, sir? Okay, that's okay, better okay. I'm very, I'm very sorry because uh, of yeah. time. Um, we already have, we we're supposed to start by five, but because of the whole hacking issue and all that, it took us uh, almost 30 minutes off, but we need to at least leave here by 7.20. And we have about two other people who just want to quickly run us on what they do. So yes, sir, you got it right. You see, because of the poverty rate in Nigeria, everybody is a jack of all trades. So you see somebody's trying to build a house, right? A structural engineer is even interested, can even do the wiring, even though he's a structural engineer, he knows not about electricity. If you leave him, he will tell you that he can even, look, we, are, we live in a country where an architect is a builder, a builder is an architect. So there's no specialization, which is why I was saying that one of the things that, that kills projects whether it's abandoned or badly done project. Matter of fact, the worst project is even a successful project for something that should never have been done at all, right? We have that all the time, right? Usually lack of expertise, right? So um, I'm going to, um, towards the end, I'm going to explain some checklists you must have so you don't get into this trap. 
I think every project must have what you call an expert knowledge team, right? An expert knowledge team. So here's what we do in Nigeria. Yeah. Okay, for now, for example, we're trying to build one of the biggest um, a client. We have an international client, um, an association of um, American Nigerian-based medical Nigerian American-based um, Nigerian medical doctors. Because of the COVID, they're trying to um, build a, a world-class, probably it's going to be the best hospital in Africa, in Nigeria, right? And I'm supposed to be a project manager for that hospital. But guess what? The first thing I want to do before I even start um, giving them budgets or giving them a proposal is to create an expert team, right? We call it expert knowledge, right? Um, or better yet, expert judgment. We create a small team. So yeah. I'm talking to people who are medical doctors in Nigeria. I'm talking to people who have built yeah. hospitals and I put them all in a WhatsApp group. And I'm shocked at the ideas that they are giving me. Oh, they're saying you want to be the world-class hospital. Where is it? I told them, well, it's going to be the way. They say, why is it in the way? I explained to them why that you see the owners of the hospital, their egos, they wanted to, to don't develop the Southeast. I said, okay, no problem. He says, okay, so who are your target markets? Do you know, it was just somebody there that said, ah, if you want to get this thing done, then they're going to have, have to have a helipad on the last floor. Because if you're going to create an emergency unit where people come from Abuja, then you should be able to have medical and air ambulance. That's where expert knowledge comes from. Right. Yeah. Right. So I think um, that sort of answers it. Um, please, you can ask your questions, right, on the group, right, um, on the chat section, and we'll do to answer um, a lot of that questions, right? So um, just quickly, um, um, somebody was asking, how do I know the cost of a project, right? Um, as in Mr. A came, please, I don't, you're, I really didn't quite understand what you wrote, but I'll try my best to interpret what you wrote. He says, as even Mr. A came to a project and doesn't know anything about it, and Mr. A really needed money at the point of execution, how will Mr. A know the cost of the project and the time frame if asked by the sponsor? Now, this is how it works in project management. There are different costs in project management. Now, as a project manager, your cost as a project manager differs from the cost of the project. Your own cost is your cost of expertise as a project manager. You can tell him how much that cost will be, but you cannot tell him how much the project will cost. So this is what I'm saying. I cannot, as a project manager for this hospital now that we're trying to build for these guys, I cannot tell them how much the hospital will cost to build yet. The only thing I can tell them is how much I will charge them to create the project management structure, the framework for that hospital. Because when they pay me that, I can now assemble a team, including an expert team, including an accountant, including a, a Primavera expert. And, and so thank God you mentioned Primavera. Primavera is one of the, the world's leading um, software for project scheduling, right? But to be able to know the cost of that project, there are different methods. The first thing you want to do is have a cost management plan which is where for budget though, cost management plan is the rules for defining projects, uh, defining project costs. So for example, there are like three different ways to estimate. So after you have a cost management plan, you now go to estimating cost. Then you now determine budget. So you cannot determine budget if you don't estimate cost. And for you to estimate cost, you must take the cost and break it down into bits. So back to the hospital gist, if you want to get the cost baseline, now what we call cost baseline is budget. If you want to get the budget for that, for that project, right? What I want to do is, I want to determine on, I'll use maybe more than one technique. I'll use what you call analogous estimates and I'll use parametric estimates. I'll be used bottom up 
Now, what do I mean? Analogous expert estimate is basically historical information. So once I know amount of acres, the number of beds the hospital will have, the features it will have, I will now check through the history of hospital building in Nigeria to see whether anybody has built any hospital that close. If I can find any hospital that close, I will now use that as my benchmark. So that's a cost estimate, but it's not usually very, very accurate because don't forget, maybe that was built six years ago. Dollar six years ago and dollar now is not the same. But at least it gives me an idea. I can now do maybe an MPV, a net present value mathematics to value inflation, to put inflation. Then I can now do a cost bridge. So I'll use that one as a method. That's analogous estimate, which is historical information. Or I can, or and, and or, so I can use both, or I can use one. So remember, once somebody says, give me a, because what happens with sponsors? Sponsors know that, and when you're a project manager, that's why you can't allow people to bully you as a project manager. Sometimes they force you to just say price. So let them know that whatever you're telling them is not the budget. Tell them it's the estimate. And it's a very inaccurate estimate. Matter of fact, it's called heuristic estimate. Tell them it's a heuristic estimate from a similar project, right? So once again, the PPE example I was giving, the um, uh, safety um, um, overall. So the guy says, I want you to make 1,000% overall. Let give me cost, give me cost, give me cost. The president of Nigeria is asking for the cost. What you do is you check whether anybody has produced 1,000 um, 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 overalls of the same quality, right? Same specification. If yes, you get that guy's cost, you put it somewhere. So let me say, the guy says, oh, but that cost is going to be 4,000 4, per, per year. You put that cost. Then you now ask, what are the components of that PPE? You're going to buy buttons, you're going to buy zip, you're going to buy materials, you're going to sew it. You now get those costs. You now get each of the costs, then sum it up. So this is why it's called bottom up, right? So look, in reality, we cannot exhaust project management training in two hours. It's not even possible. Project management training goes for minimum of 35 hours. What I'm doing is just giving us a preamble and an overview, right? I don't know if this sort of makes sense. Um, I think the ideal thing to do is if you're listening right now and you want a more ex extensive and detailed, technically detailed um, project management um, training, you might need to contact us. Um, if any of my colleague is there, please drop um, our number, our Hexavian numbers on the, on the chat section, right? Um, you might need to contact us to do a proper training. I usually recommend at least, at least, at least two days of training, right? on project management. You see, just one knowledge area alone can take a whole day, right? So um, I think that might just be a win-win, right, for um, both parties. So do you have another question? Does anybody have any question? Does anybody have any question that you want to ask? Something maybe you want to share your experience? Can, okay, can somebody share an experience of a failed project you had, right? And then maybe I can tell you where you went wrong and the lessons learned from it. And by the way, Every project, whether it's successful or not, must have a document called lessons learned. Because that lessons learned helps the next person, right, who wants to do the same project to go and collect that document and look at the lessons learned, right? So right now, what are the things I'm going to tell my team to do with this hacker is what is the lesson we have learned from this, this session, right? Um, from the hacking, let's document it so next time it doesn't happen again. Right? So um, let me see. Let's go back to the chat section. Let's see if anyone has. Yeah, somebody just seconded what I said. He said, I just finished a course, project management in global health, and it was a three-month course. 
<laughs> Absolutely. It can be more than three months, but uh, we're trying to just do a general accept of it. Um, I spent the last 10 years building projects, right? Um, and I can tell you that it takes way more than even classroom experience. Some of the experience I'm sharing took me 10 years to be able to get to that point where I can share this. I have two master's degree, right? And, and all in management. And then more importantly, is I spent years doing projects and also being a member of PMI USA, which is a project management institute. So yes, you. this is a preamble, but hope it does make a lot of sense to you. Okay, somebody asks, how do you move from one phase to another in a project? Okay, so there's something called the phase gates, right? Some people call it kill points. Now, remember a project is broken down into steps or phases. Initiation, first step, second step planning, right? Third step execution, fourth step, um, 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 first step monitor and control and closing. Now, after each phase, to move to the next phase, you call your meeting together and they sign off on that phase. That meeting is called the kill point. Sometimes at the point of that meeting, you guys decide to end the project. And let me tell you, sometimes it's okay. It's okay to end the project before it completes. Especially when you realize that the project, there's no need for that project anymore. Right? There's no need for that project anymore. Right? So let me give you a practical example. They've been fighting in the Northeast for a very long time. Maybe all of a sudden, Nigeria might want to build a, 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 a war college in Sambisa Forest because they want to draw closer to the war. They want the military um, war room to draw closer to the war. So they've spent money to build it. They're in the initiation phase. They've even done planning. So they've done two-fifths two of the project. Then all of a sudden, right, Boko Haram surrenders. What do you do? You do a kill point. You guys are that. You know what? We're not doing this project again. Let's move on to something else. Right? So how you move to a new phase is create barriers. Even though, realistically speaking, sometimes these projects are iterative. So you can do planning and come back again and do execution. You can do execution. Matter of fact, once again, let's use the wedding example. So you've planned your wedding. There's initiation. They've signed you off as a project manager. They're giving you money to go and do the wedding as a project manager. On the, you've done your plan. On the day of the wedding, you're executing the plan, right? Then all of a sudden, right, something changes, right? Something changes. So let me give an example. The wedding was for four million. The guy told you, please, sir, I don't have more than four. The brother of the group says, sir, we don't have more than four million for this wedding. Just manage this four million. I want a very good wedding. I would not have more than four million. You say, okay, no problem. So you start the wedding on the wedding day. Eh? Um, MC Macaroni just comes. You know that MC Macaroni guy that has to transfer money to people's accounts. Just transferred money to your account. And you transferred 10 million to the bride and groom's account. The bride and groom in the heat of the moment now transfers 7 million to you out of that 10 million. I say, okay, this is extra 7 million. The wedding is going on, no? right? The wedding is going on, no? Immediately, you know what you're going to do? You're going to quickly upgrade your plan. So maybe you just wanted a normal DJ. Now with 7 million, you can quickly put the call across to the copy and find out whether the copy is available. And they copy, come, come, come. Maybe you just wanted people to only eat rice and dodo and moi moi. But now you have 7 million extra. The guess is make sure people have fun. You already, you're calling Chinatown and telling Chinatown, please, we want to have Chinese as part of the wedding. So you see, even though you're in execution, we went back to planning. So sometimes it's actually very integrative, right? Um, so that's pretty much how it works. Right. Um, 
please, can I know who else, um, God's glory, please, can I know who else is available for um, their, their, their version of, of their, um, interv- um, of their, of their um, presentation? Okay, sir. Mm. Okay, while we're waiting for the next presentation, um, can anyone just quickly tell us a challenge they've encountered in project and uh, maybe we can look at it and um, solve it. You can nicely unmute your mic and ask your question or a contribution. Remember something, it failed. We all have failed in a project. Let's all not pretend. We all have failed yes. in one project or the other. Do you want to share okay. your experiences? Sorry, I have, I, have, I, I have just a quick question. A quick one, please. A, yeah. a question. Yeah. It's, it's a common problem every one of us face, including the professionals. Yeah. You know, when you have a project, initially, at the start of the project, you have your... Uh, planned value for the project and the yeah. actual usually before the end of the project the actual is not always equal to the plan for instance yeah. you plan that you have a project in three months you're going to end this project now the moment you bump into this project and you start gradually you discover that your actual is is debating by some certain percentage meaning that you plan that you're going to finish in three months and you never finish mm-hmm. you at the end of the day you, sorry at the end of the project you end up spending four months so yeah. how do we how do we close that gap to ensure that even while tracking the project, while tracking and monitoring the project, how do we follow up to ensure, I know it's tracking and monitoring, but within that, how do we ensure that we meet up with our uh, planned value of the okay. project? Okay, okay. All right, so, so here's what it is, right? Um, would, uh, I think this is a better approach for this training. Just tell us a problem that we'll try and solve it together. Now, in project management, time and cost. Remember, I said there are three major people constraints, time, cost, and scope. But there are actually other constraints, too. Like risk is a constraint, right? Even sometimes bad computer is a constraint. But cost and time are so identical. They use the same, they, you can use the same template. So Navera, for example, can help you define cost. It can also help you define schedule. Now, here's what happens, right? If you're a good project manager, hmm? when you are planning your time or your costs, so when I say time, you're planning your schedule, right? So uh, let me say you're building a house. And the guy says, I want four story building. Let's even use a house. Let's define the cost, scope, and time for a house. The scope of the house says um, the house is five story building, right? So scope can be defined. Scope can be defined as five story building. Costs. Of the house and defined as how much can we use to do a five-story building? Let me say um three billion three billion for a five-story building in, in Banana Island. So you see, we define cost, we define cost, we define scope, and define time. Time. So five-story building at three billion naira and it's completed in six months. Right? Now, this is the planned value. This is what you signed off on in your project charter and your project plan. But as you start it will change. When it changes, what changes the real value is now called the uh, um, actual value. So you always have a planned value and an actual value. So you have what you call a PV, right? And an, in a, a, PV, um, a, a planned um, actual costs, right? Right, actual cost and planned costs, right? Right, same way you have actual schedule and planned schedule, right? So this is your planned schedule. But 
you're going into the project. Matter of fact, remember it's six months for three billion. In two months into the project, you have already spent five billion. Does anybody see the, the, the failure of that project already? Six yeah. billion no, for uh, two, three billion for six months. You already two months, you've already spent more than half of that. You know you're, you're failing. Now, what usually happens is a good project manager, that couldn't have happened. What you do is, is called, you could have created contingencies that are buffers. Now, this is slightly different from budget padding, you know, but really there's something called something close to budget padding that in, in project management and it's allowed, it's allowed. Now it's allowed and it's called contingency costs. So if you did your analysis and that thing was 3 billion, right? What you want to do is in your project um, um, baseline, remember there are three baseline, cost baseline, scope baseline, and cost, um, and, and, and cost baseline, scope baseline, and schedule baseline. Now your estimate told you 3 billion, but your budget should say 4 billion. Now this is not an integrity issue. Let me tell you what happens. It's 4 billion. Even though it's three billion, now that one billion is called contingency reserve. If you had that extra money, right, you will not have this problem. Now, why is not an integrity issue? If you deliver that project with three billion, even though you said four billion, as a trained project manager, you're supposed to return that money back to the person that owns the project. It's not your money. The same thing with costs. You see, the problem our our tailors have. You see, tailors are the worst project managers in this world. I'm sure tailors must have ruined somebody's event or occasion before. Those guys, you tell them, I want to do three-piece suits. They know that three-piece suit takes two weeks because they are hungry and they need your money. They will tell you, ah, we'll do it in one week. Now, if that guy is a trained project manager, if it takes 10 days to do that suit, he's supposed to create a contingency of two days, right? And say it's 12 days. So that even when there's this, a creep, a, a cost creep, it will still arrive. So I think the main thing is if you plan well, you'll be on, 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 online. But sometimes there are certainties you cannot um, have control over. Your contingency will manage that. Over there are two levels of contingency. There is what you call contingency reserve and management reserve. Right? So I think that sort of answers the question. Always have a pad. Always have like a padding for your projects. And you know, like when tailors so close, they have allowance in your waist, just in case you add weights. It's what project yeah, managers like do, right? Buffers. But most times we don't do that as project managers, right? Okay, that's true, that's true. Thank you very much. Yeah. I have a question. Okay, so yeah, hear you. Okay, so um, basically um, for, um, some businesses, most of our problems, basically me, okay, I'll talk from my own point of view. Sometimes I have issues with um, kind of a motivation team because you talk something about team. So uh, we have issues with, you know, we start a project and then all of a sudden the whole project goes probably because the team is not motivated and all that. Please, I want to know how do we solve these challenges? The team is not motivated. Okay, so let me just quickly run through this. Um, this is... HR, you remember one of the knowledge areas in project management is human resource. Remember I said there are 10 and I mentioned them. Integration, scope, cost, time, schedule. Um, integration, integration, scope, schedule, costs, risk, communication, procurement, um, stakeholder, and HR. Now, it's a HR problem. So team motivation. First of all, understand that teams go through different stages. There's something called team formation stages. There are four stages. There is forming, 
there's storming, there's numbing, and there's performing. So if you don't understand the team psychology, you'll be in trouble. Sometimes when team starts, everybody's at peace. Halfway into that project, they start to storm. In other words, there's a storm, right? Now, that's the point where conflict resolves, happens. Now, the first thing you want to do is, before you create a project, before you start your project, doing your planning project, get all the team together to co-locate, if you can. If you can, for some project, you do a multi-project, a multinational project, you might not be able to do that. Sometimes, don't forget that projects that are done globally, where you're working with teams from like eight different countries in eight different time zones, you cannot co-locate. But for a lot of us, you are SME owners. When you want to create a project, let everybody come together in a place. So have you noticed what's happening in this Zoom meeting that um, my guys are coming into my office and they're giving me a piece of papers and all that. Now, we don't work on Sundays, but because this was a project we met to execute today, we agreed that some of them were going to come to work today, right? So that's co-location. So co-location helps you sort out the gray areas. Now, another thing is understand the um, um, motivation theories Right, you can always read, read this because I don't have we don't have too much time to explain this. There are different motivational theories, right? Find out what motivates each member of your team. What motivates A might differ from what motivates B. Right? So um, first thing first is the thing you want to do first is show them the, the look of success. Remember, I'll talk about look of success. Because sometimes what keeps people going, right, is look of success. So here's one of the things I did, right? When I was writing my, when I was going to get my PMP, because PMP was very difficult, but remember I said exam is a project. I wasn't sure with all my schedule how I was able to read and pass my PMP. So what did I do? I created my own look of success. Somewhere in my house, I wrote my name, Izu, and I put Izu, MBA, PhD, PMP. I have not still gotten my PhD to today. But a few years ago, I hadn't gotten my PMP, but every day I wake up and I see Izu, PMP, PhD, it motivates me to say I must get my PMP. Matter of fact, a lot of people even thought I had PMP way before I even had PMP. So one of the things you can motivate your team is show them the desired future. Another thing I say, you cannot feature in a future, you cannot picture. And so I think that's something you want to do first. Then two is individually, right? Recognize your team. Nothing kills a team when then people are working, but they're not being recognized. Let people know that little things they're doing counts. Matter of fact, this is a perfect way for me to say shout out to my team. This is a perfect time to say shout out to my team. They've been amazing. Anybody who knows Xavier knows that the strength of Xavier lies in their team. I know I've shared this several times with you guys as a rule and as a principle. We only hire people who are either best graduate students in their set or at least, at least made a first class in school. And I see these guys putting energy into work that does not even equate the pay. But I think that recognition is something that inspires them. So they have a bunch of 19, 20, 21, 22 year olds who go to client um, sites and manage 30 staff. Some of them are their father's mates. But you see that recognition, you know, and I give them, I tell when you go there, tell them you're the project director. You know, I give them big, big names. And you'll be shocked at how that motivates them. Some people motivation might be money, pay people well. Some people might be just saying well done and thumbs up. Some people might be show them that you care, right? People don't care how much you know, so they know how much you care. So show them that you care, right? Sometimes it's even um, um, association, right? Let them have a badge of honor for the things they have done, right? Then sometimes 
life just happens, right? People go through crisis and they are demotivated. Instead of you just saying, oh, I can't believe you're the one doing this kind of bad work. Can you sit the guy down and say, please, can I know what the problem is? Is everything okay? Is your mom okay? Is your girlfriend okay? Is your wife okay? Is there anything I can do? Can you say, can you at the end of the day, when he's going to work, when he's going home, give him a gift for somebody? You'll be shocked at how that will motivate him back, right? It's important. So I'll quickly ask us to please read about Master's Hierarchy of Needs. Also read about Headsback Theory. Also read about Theory X and Theory Y Managers. I'm sure if you read these things, you'll see a better way to motivate your team, right? So Briggs and Gera, if you're here, um, are you ready for us? Hello, I'm ready, I'm ready. Okay, so before we go, um, um, yes, we're almost rounding up, but if you're here right now and you're getting so much value, can you please go to the chat section and write, um, well done, right? Just so that my team is also motivated in the spirit of motivation, since we're already talking about motivation. And it's not too late to still share the link with your colleagues so they can still join in, right? Um, I think that um, that's the right thing to do, right? Um, if you enjoyed these sessions, don't forget we'll be having sessions as often as we can, but, um, before we talk about that, I just want to make a quick announcement, right? Um, so first of all, the name of the company is called Hexavia. Hexavia is a business and management consulting firm. So if you see the shirt I'm wearing, right, it says Hexavia, right? So we're into consulting. We do startups, we do corporate restructuring. You know, we're behind a lot of brands, a whole lot from Essenza to Perfect Trust, from Perfect Trust to Rough and Tumble, from Rough and Tumble to Rejuvene, from Rejuvene to um, GTEx, from GTEx to um point um 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 penec without sign up point tech you know um, we've done a lot of projects in the past lufthansa slot you know so um we're looking for more fact the last 10 years we've done 128 success we've delivered successfully right 128 startups and over 200 restructured businesses now so this is brought to you Katie of Xavier we're looking forward to working with you right I'm going to put our if you go to chat section you're going to see my own even personal um my personal, um, what do you call it? My personal details, right, um, on the group, right? I'm gonna share that right now with you, right? Um, now we have a community. That community is for people who have attended our paid classes. Now before the lockdown, we used to have this thing called master classes. Uh, we've had over um, 50 something master classes and over a thousand participants. So everybody that is in the um, Xavier um, um, network is called Xavians and that belongs to HBC. Now, I have a good announcement to make here. From October 1st, we're opening up HBC, right, to people who want to come in on a subscription-based model, right? Subscription-based model means that for a quarter, you get to enjoy all the features of Hexavia, right? You get access to me. You get access to our WhatsApp group. We have over six WhatsApp groups. If you're on that WhatsApp group, please signify. I'm sure we'll be willing to... Do a testimonial on HBC. Matter of fact, let's make that happen now. If you're on the HBC site, please can you if you're on the HBC network, right? Exhibit Business Club, can you please can somebody just quickly tell us about how the HBC, the hangouts, the decoded, if you've attended decoded, which is our hangouts, right? Please unmute your mic, tell us what value it is, how much of value it's been, right? Um so while waiting for someone to do that, please you can feel free to call me and just quickly tell us your experiences and how it's been. Matter of fact, the last three months there's been a huge leap, right? We have people who are paid just to give you trivials, business tips every single day. 
articles, brand of the week, Xavier brand. We have over 600 um, CEOs on that network. So if you want to join, right, you can just drop your phone number, right, and email. My colleagues will contact you. Now for a quarter, it's 15,000 Naira to join, to be a member, subscription. So you can either pay quarterly or yearly. For a year, you get a discount, it's 15,000 Naira. You get so much features. So first of all is you get access to our WhatsApp groups, right? Very regulated, structured WhatsApp group for CEOs. If you have any business problem, you can only share it there. There's tips, there's podcasts, you know, there are arguments, there are interesting intellectual cerebrals. We have senators on that group. We have um, an advice marshal. We have a military general. We have a few politicians. We have over 500 CEOs on those groups, right? Um, also, right, from that group, right, um, we're going to have access to our decoded. So decoded will start again, right? We stopped decoded because of the COVID distancing, but we're planning a decoded for next month. Barbecue, drinks, fun, you can come with your family. We're going to play games, barbecue by the waterside, right? Um, this is for Lagos. I'll make announcement for Portacot and Abuja. And this doesn't matter where you are. We have Lagos, Abuja, Portacot, right? Then, yes, good news, guys. We just signed a deal with three international financing companies, PEs and VCs, private equity firms and venture capitalists. Remember, one of them has $2 billion and he's given us a criteria that anybody that meets the criteria would be able to access $2 billion, right? Um, we're already working well, with a client, right? To um, be able to finance their $20 million project in Acquired Bomb, right? $20 million, right? So that's the kind of access you get. So you want financing, you need access to CEOs, access to ideas, access to our events, access to our WhatsApp group, access to our trivials, and access to me, right? You can always join, right? Um, if my colleagues are there, please share the link of how to join the HBC group, right? I'm sure we'll send you an email and a message on how you can join afterwards, right? Um, that's why we've got your details when we're registering. But I just said I should throw that in, right? Does anybody have any questions on what I've said about the HBC? Um, um, and all that. Does anybody have any questions just quickly? Okay. In the absence of that, um, let's get um, uh, something. Are you ready for us? I'm ready, boss. I'm ready, boss. All right. You have three minutes. Just quickly to round up with the, the summary of some of the things. And I want to give us quick hacks and tricks to having a successful project. So Samson, over to you. All right, um, good evening everyone. My name is Samson Ayola Makun from Bricks and Terra, Nigeria. Now, at Bricks and Terra, what we do is we are a real estate company. We offer property management, brokerage, facilities management, basically in real estate. Now, what do we do at Bricks and Terra? We do consulting, brokerage, property management, we provide service to high network individuals in the country. And we also have a vision to expand by the year 2022. That means we plan to go international. Our services are basically on mainland and the islands. So if you're looking to move into a new home, you want to acquire a property, a land, you want to do property swapping, we are the best guy to contact. Now, um, how you can reach out to us? You can reach out to us via our website. Our website that's www.bricksandterra.com. Our property listings are there. Um, there are categories. We also have a blog. You can follow our blog. We have uh, useful tips on our blog. Uh, also tips on our blog and uh, latest new estate news on our blog. It's always updated daily. Um, 
on our website, we have um, properties. If you, if you are looking to buy properties on the island and the mainland, we have properties there. And you, should, you can also follow us on Instagram. That's uh, Bricks and Terror on Instagram. Thank you. Please, if you have any questions, uh, please, you can uh, drop it in the comment section or um, ask me, please. Okay. Um, thank you very much. So um, once again, Bricks and Terra is into properties, right? So you want to buy, you want to sell, you want to rent, you're moving houses. You know, they are professionals, very organized, very structured. They're also into managing facilities. So you have an estate, you want them to manage your facilities. You know, you need fixing, you need also help you manage your rent house, right? Um, all that, you are always the right guys um, for you. So whether you're renting, you're buying, you're selling, Right, um, Samson, I don't know if it's okay for you to drop your contact details on the chat section, but um, I think that would be a great, um, a great thing to do, right? Um, so yeah, so we're towards the concluding end of this session, before we conclude, um, please can I ask for a favor before at this part, part, please can everybody please at this point do me a favor, right? Can you please um, um, if you can, right, um, in the spirit of team bu building, right, I feel like even though it's virtual, we can all be creative, right, um, can you all please turn on your videos, right, please turn on your videos for the next few minutes, um, let me see, and let's all connect, um, shout out to Mr. Tony Oyemowa, uh, Tony, you're here, how are you doing, so please, can you just show, turn on your videos, right, please, um somebody I'll has turned on my hello can you hear me yes yes okay my audio is on yeah okay 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 um uh okay so can we all turn on our videos right uh techno spark i see you uh mr nee meko how you doing please wave when i call your name please i haven't seen some of you guys in a very long while Ah, Mr. Quadri, Tokumbo. Ah, okay. Uh, uh, Mr. Mr. Mrs. Tokumbo Quadri are here. How are you doing, ma? Okay, if you can hear me. Let's just give shout outs and um to ourselves. Esther, yeah. Oh, high tech shelters is here. Interesting, interesting. Uh, Mr. Michael Leramo, you've been a ghost for a while. Please, um, it'd be nice to see your face, right? Um yeah, uh, Sam, your hair, interesting. Uh, Walter, why are you out in the dark? What's going on? You guys have light. <laughs> uh, you start adding weight, Mr. Walter. Mm, interesting. Okay, so um, let's deep dive again. Oh, Mr. Emmanuel, uh, nice background you have. Emmanuel, where are you? Can you please unmute? We can't hear you. Yeah, offshore, offshore. Offshore. Okay, where do you work? I'm offshore. Body offshore. Oh. Okay. Okay. I'm in body offshore, yeah. Oh, body. Oh, okay. Amazing place. Amazing place. I used to come to Bonnie a lot to play golf. To play golf. Oh, thank you. How is thank the golf you. course? How has the golf course been? Yeah. That's quite a uh, for now. Uh, with the wing and all that. Okay, so let's make this interesting. 
please go to the chat section and introduce yourself. Just go to the chat section, your name, what you do, and the company you work for. Right? Please just do that. Um, your name, what you do, and the company you work for. Um, Mr. God's Glory, I don't know if you're still around to mute people. There is squeaking noise from somebody. I don't know who that is. Right? Okay, sir. Please stay on. You guys stay on standby. Right? Mr. Alasa, uh, I said, please, let's see your face. I, I'd like to know who Jawad Alasa is, but you're still, your video is still good. Okay, I'm wondering what that sound is. Oh, so me that I'm even saying, let's see your videos. Uh, my video is even off myself. Okay, even I'm using two different screens, so I'm sure you can see Izu and you can see Hexavia. So once again, the name of the company is Hexavia. We're a business and management consulting firm. Whether you need people to help you with your great ideas, right, or you need, um, or need your great idea to become greater by either expanding or restructuring. So our main work is either building startups to help you develop your business model, business plan, help you do your recruitment, help you create your organogram and organizational structure, create a good culture for efficiency and excellence. We also help create business plans. We also help people expand businesses. And of recent, we started to also help broker deals, international financing deals, right? So um, I hope this was worth your time. I think the right thing to do um, is to, for the next 10 minutes, to take questions. So if you have a question, right, if you have any question, right, um, around um, some of the things you said, please unmute and ask your questions. Oh, Yelly Manual, Quality Assurance and Control Manager. Oh, okay. Oh, so project management will really help you. Matter of fact, there's a part of project management that is on quality. There's a knowledge area called quality. And I wish I had all the time in the world to explain quality. There are seven, quali um, they call it the seven quality tools. I hope, um, Yelly Manual, I don't know if you can hear me. I know, I hope you are very conversant with the seven quality tools, right? Control chart, flow chart, um, Shikawa diagram, um, which is what you call a, um, a, a a root cause um, diagram, right? Um, Pareto's 2080 diagram. Um, so um, it's also in quality that you talk about excellence, um, Six Sigma and all that. Um, <clears throat> Dajuma Jewel, production specialist. Oh, interesting. Okay, so you see your production specialist, that means you're into operations. Production is operations. The operation is different from project, but I'm sure there's still a lot of things you have picked up here, right? Um, Uchenna Jewel. Oh, okay. Ideas and potential communications. We are a startup, right? To advertise entertainment and events. Oh, fantastic, Mr. Uchen. I look forward to working with you, right? Um, okay, Ugochuku, we just um, put the link for Bricks at Terra up, www.bricksatera.com. Yes, and by the way, guys, we have a blog, which is one of the most fastest, um, um, most, uh, it's fast growing blog, right? Please feel free to visit the blog. The blog is www.hbc.org.ng. You can always download podcasts, download materials, download books. I've written five management books. So you can always get my books also, right? So does anybody have any question um, Why we're writing all of this? Or contributions?
Does anybody have any questions? Contributions? Okay, Mr. Ephraim said he has a question. So please unmute your mic and ask the question. I don't know why we can't hear you. Um, please, um, it'd be nice for you to unmute. Or oh, somebody says, unmute me. Um, um, God's glory, I don't know if you guys are there, right? Um, please unmute whoever wants to ask questions. Please raise your hands up and we unmute you. Yes, sir. I have actually allowed the participants to unmute yourself again. Okay, so allow people to unmute themselves, right? Okay, yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah, they access. Uh, Mr. Izu, you talked about um, contingency reserve. Yeah. Yeah. You know, most challenge we do have with our clients is um, they don't want to hear, um, they don't just want to talk about that. They are looking at cost. Yes, mm -hmm. we know that there are unforeseen circumstances, and that's why we plan for all that. And that's the reason why we have uh, so a specific cost for contingencies. But as a matter of fact, most of the clients, and I say 90% of our clients are not comfortable with that. So how do we manage them on that note, please? How do we manage our clients when it comes to the weight contingency? Okay. So 80% of the problem projects have is in planning and initiation. Remember there are five phases. If you, if you sign a charter, hmm, and that charter, don't forget the legal document. And that charter says that, or says practically speaking, here's what I'm saying. If, um, let me use the hospital once again that we're project managing. And we've done over 128 projects, right? Um, so if I your project charter, don't forget your project charter. I wish I, I could show a sample of what the project charter is, is actually, right? Um, maybe what we'll do, we'll do this, we'll do this project management training again. We'll do a part two. I think we need to do a part two where I will practically show us each of these documents, um, what the charter looks like, what the project plan looks like, what the budget should look like, what the triple constraints. Now, if you sign a project charter, right? And in that project charter, there's something in that project charter that is discord, there's a part of the project charter that is called assumptions. And the assumption you say, I'm going to, matter of fact, this thing we're calling contingency is a rough order of estimate, um, rough order of estimate, right? right? Or rough order of magnitude, sorry. If I say I'm going to have a plus 25% rough order of magnitude, that means whatever cost we put, we're going to have a plus 25%. And the guy signed it, right? At the point of initiation, he has an obligation, right? To bid by it. You see, because of the way we run businesses in this country, we don't use documents, we don't do legal frameworks, you know, we just do projects. Oh, yeah, come and do this thing for me. You shop to have a built house without a contract signed, you know? So you start the house, next thing his brother comes, the person that did have brother comes and tells you that he's also a stakeholder, you know, and then you're stuck because if there was a charter. So I think you can address that at the point of project charter, that's one. Then two is project managers have power. Sometimes project managers don't know how to use their power. Now, this is a perfect time to introduce what we call project management power. Now, there are four types of power you can have as a project manager. One, you have what you call um, ex, um, well, let me leave the best for the last. The first power you have is what we call punishment power. The power of fear, right? 
So let me give a practical example. If you are a builder and a client says, let's go back to Banana Island example. So you're supposed to be for 3 billion and then you put a rough underestimate of 10%. So that means it's now 3.3 billion, 300 million for 10% of order of magnitude contingency plan, right? Now, if the guy says, no, I can't pay, you can use punishment power. Punishment power is, no, the rule in HSE says you must do it on this project. You see, you're using fear. Two, you can use what we call referral power, right? Why you're telling the guy that he has to put 300 million extra, which don't forget is not your money. If you don't use that money, you give him back the money. Once again, most project managers have built a level of trust. And that's why if you're going to be a project manager, if you're going to be a project manager, right? Um, yeah, somebody said it was breaking. Yes, my voice was breaking for a bit because the call came in, but I think it's better now. I believe it's better now. Um, Mr. Ephraim, is it better now? Now, if you have referral power, another thing you can do is you get third parties involved. Because sometimes the only way people get to understand what you're saying is when they hear from more than two, three people. That's another power. So there's punishment power, there's referral power. Then there is what you call um, reward power, right? Right. Then the last one is expert power. Now, let me break this thing as an example. When a policeman stops you on the road and cocks his gun, I say, pack, pack. You pack. Would you pack? You pack. The reason why you pack is because of punishment power. What will happen if you don't pack? You don't want SAS to cock the gun and tell you pack and you not pack. You pack. That's, that's punishment power. But that power sometimes is not very powerful because sometimes people lose when you don't have that tool. They will treat you differently. But as a project manager, you must talk from a place of expertise, which is expert power. So here's what has happened to me over the years. Because I've built a high level of competence by track record, by testimonials, by degrees and certifications. When I tell my clients stuff, most of the time they don't argue. And when they argue, I still win that argument by fact and data. You see, in God we trust, every other thing we use data. Show the guy data. So you tell the guy, you know, no, so, so example, the guy is building a house and says he doesn't want to do a particular type of piling. Show him that if he doesn't do that piling, I don't want to do that piling because it will cost more. Show him a house that has collapsed and government has come and taken over that house and has jailed the guy. Show him that. Right? Show him that as a strategy. Somebody said they can't hear me. Are you sure that they can't hear me? If you can't hear me, please let me know. Can anybody hear me? I can hear you. You know, so I don't know if sort of that answers the question is you have to, you can see, let me tell you the trick about this thing called management. And it's not even about project management, any form of management, whether it's project management, operation management, production management, human resource management, whatever. The day you become a manager, understand that you lose the ability to have your way with your client, with your boss. If you're talking to your client or your boss and you feel that two of you are on the same mental level, you cannot lead people right, who they think that you're on the same level as you. And this is a problem that most people have. I don't know if anybody saw the leaked um, um, video audio of, um, um, I think one of the former biostatic governor 
arguing with his commissioner. And you can tell that there was contempt in that conversation because I can feel like the commissioner feels like this guy doesn't know anything. But you don't want to be in that place. So when people know you're an expert, see, for example, if you want to set up a business and I'm telling you the break-even point is, is 19 months, are you telling me no, it must be 15 months? I will tell you, sir, I have run 128 startups. And I can tell you that all the startups that have success, succeeded, this is why they succeed. This route, road you want to follow, this route you want to follow, if you follow this route, you will fail. And I give you data to show you that you fail, right? It will make all the difference. I don't know if what I'm saying makes sense. So you oh, have sure. to be ahead. Stay ahead. If the rule is be close yet ahead, close enough to, to motivate, close enough to relate, but far ahead to motivate. Even to your team, be close yet far. Close to relate to them, but far to motivate them. So does anybody else have any question again? Okay, so um, um, we were supposed to get um, Victoria. Is Victoria there for HL um, for Foundation 360 before we round up? Please let me know if Victoria is there to do a quick presentation on Foundation 360. Um, okay, let me just give shout out to people who I'm seeing their introduction. So um, Adejari Ajao is a sales and marketing manager with ML Furniture Solutions Limited, you know, and is a director at Prefer. All these guys that are directors, you know, marketing managers, I'll be willing to work with you guys. Please don't forget to send us a message, right? I'm willing to have a few minutes of conversations with you. Let us know what your challenges is, right? Um, Mary Ojekere, EA, right? at Integrity Organization, Research and Advocacy is an anti-corruption and project, right? Okay, interesting. Barbara Ariolu, Occupation and Health and Safety Professional. Wow, interesting. Okay, um, who else introduced themselves? Edine um, Chidera, Chi Square Engineering Limited. Okay, interesting. So we'll be willing to um, have conversations with you. Uh, my team, please, I hope you're taking note of these names and what they do, because don't forget, we, we get to, um, for a lot of people who want to join the HBC group, it's important, we, if you join the HBC group, we create a, 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 a page for you, right, on our HBC directory. So if anybody Google you, they can see all your credentials and all that, right? Um, one of the things we've done over the years, we built a lot of trust within ourselves. So you can get discounts on different projects, you can get discounts on different client-to-client um, -client discounts, Right within the network. Don't forget, we have over 600 businesses. So you want to buy cars, you can always go to any of our clients that sells cars, you know, for whether it's car lot, whether it's white zone, you know, so that's pretty much what it is. So my team, please pay attention to this name. Don't forget, drop your phone number, your email, if you want to join the community, right? Right, drop your name and phone number if you want to join the community. Now for people who are HBC members, uh, my team will follow through on you, right? to explain the new Xavier Premium, right? Which is a new HPC membership, right? Um, you know, and then hopefully um, you will upgrade to that membership. Mm. Adejare Ajao, okay, I see you. Um, Neo Gunkule, oh, I see you, management consultant and data analyst, uh, interesting. Um, oh, Mr. Tony Oyemua, you can call me Ikemba, I represent Firebrand. Oh, Oga Firebrand, how are you doing, Mr. Tony? 
All right, so Tony, I'm supposed to send you the SLA for our project, right? I will send you that shortly. I will send you that shortly, right? Um, hopefully, the next session we're going to have, you'll be able to do okay. a uh, you'll be able to do presentation on it, right? Uh, let's just tighten all of that, right? Okay. Um, so, okay, yeah. Um, so, we'll be open to help you restructure your business, help your business scale. So we do startups, we do restructuring, and we do expansion. We also do training. So whether you want to do human resource training, um, strategy training, project management training, operational excellence training, design thinking training, creativity training, right? Um, we have over 100 trainings. Um, so you can request for a training calendar as well, right? Um, ah, it's been an amazing time. Once again, I'd like to apologize for the early challenge we had with the hackers. Um, thank God we stayed, a lot of people didn't, right? Um, at some point we had as much as 100 people, but of course it reduced because of the hacking. Uh, we're very sorry. Of course we have, um, nobody could have seen that coming, right? Um, um, I'll have to do research on how these hackers happen, right? It's not a Nigerian hacker, clearly, so it's an international challenge. Um, I think feedback to Zoom is that they have to tighten their security um, I, I see that happening also in WhatsApp now that they're hacking people, right? Um, so yeah, we've come to the concluding end of this session, right? I'm telling you that we did do up to 5% of what project management is, but the key things we spoke about is understanding the key concept of project management. For something to be called a project, you must give birth to a product, right? And then as you keep duplicating that product, it moves from project to production or operations. Operation is iterative, it's over and over again. Project is a one-off, right? And all projects are faced with constraints. We call it the triple constraint, cost, scope, and time. And those constraints, there's a triangle for it. And once you adjust one, you must adjust the menu two. If you don't adjust the menu two, you're at risk. So for example, the triple constraint we said about the house of Banana Island, remember, Three billion, five story building, and six months. That's the, that's the project um, 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 statement of work, SOW. Now, if the guy all of a sudden in the middle of the project says, This is I don't want five story building, I want seven story building, you cannot deliver seven story building to him except he creates a change request and you have a change control board. So I think everybody here should have a small control board, like a compliance in their system, where if somebody comes and creates a change to your plan, you run it through the board. If the board approves, then you change your triple constraint. So if the guy says, all of a sudden, he doesn't want five-story building, he wants seven-story building, what will happen? You adjust your three billion to maybe 3.5 billion, right? If you don't adjust your 3.5 billion, that building will collapse because you cannot change um, scope without changing costs. Or you cannot change cost without changing scope. Or you cannot change scope without changing time. It is a triangle. You adjust one triangle, the side, the other two sides, would adjust, right? So remember that, remember that there are five um, um, project phases, right? Um, initiation, planning, execution, monitoring, control, and closing and delivery. And people don't know how to close projects. People don't know how to close projects. There is a structure for closing projects. There is a structure for closing projects. Else, you'll be doing one project for too long and you don't know whether you have finished the project or you have not finished the project. They will just be stressing you. You need to understand that there's a difference between um, 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 maintenance and projects. You deliver the project, project has ended. Anything after that is maintenance and they should pay you separately for it. 
Else you'll be the tailor that they finish sewing clothes. One week after, the guy brings the cloth and says, Ah, Oga, I just realized saying I don't add small weight. I've been helping adjust it. If you sign off, there was a proper delivery and you sign that like you sign that that project has closed. If you come back to adjust it, you will charge him for alteration. Alteration is a payable service, different from the project management service, right? So, guys, um, hope it was worth your time. If you want your time, please here's what you also help me do. From whatever platform you listened or you watched or you heard about us, please go back to that platform, the WhatsApp groups, and please tell us your experience. If it was worth your time, please go back to the WhatsApp group that you got the link and give your testimonies. As a business, when you deliver satisfaction or excellent service or quality, ensure that you ask for referrals and for testimonials. It is your right. For delivering quality service, it is your it is okay to deliver um, to ask for testimonials. So I'm nicely asking you guys if you have value, please go back and testify on how good it was. Right, we would um, contact you guys on if you want to join the business club. Right, uh, remember it's um, fifteen thousand naira for a quarter and fifteen thousand naira for a year. Right, um, great value. We'll keep you updated, but the only way you can be updated is if you belong to the community. But planning a barbecue and drinks, it's absolutely free, right? Um, for only our community members, right? Um, so I think um, at this point um, we draw we draw the curtain. Um, um, God's power is Victoria on standby, or should we let that pass? She's not on standby, sir. Okay. All right, so we'll let that pass, right? Um, by the way, Function 250 is a sister company of Xavier, right? Or well, somebody said, please kindly share the slides. Yes, the slides is actually really powerful, but notice I didn't quite use a lot of the slides because I just wanted it to be very interactive and I realized I really have time because we all got destabilized by these hackers. Now you can get the recording and the slides for 5K, right? So if you want the slides and the recording, please drop your phone number and email, and my colleagues would get it across to you in less than 24 hours. We have the slides and we have the record. The slide is very robust. It comes with questions and answers, right? Um, so remember, we talked about some very key concepts as well. SOW, Statement of Work, WPS. Oh, by the way, in integration, when you break high, you have high level um, deliverable, then you break it down later as you move into the project into smaller bits. The, that process is called decomposition. And when you decompose, you decompose and do the ones that are closer to you first and leave the others later. That process is called rolling wave. Then we'll talk about the power, the type of power you have. Then we'll talk about team building techniques. We we'll also talked about quality tools. We we'll also talked about, and in project management, you need to pay attention to eliminating waste, eliminate, matter of fact, I talked about this in operational excellence. We can't have discussion again. We had discussion at some point. Right, Muda Murimura, right? Um, that's waste, inconsistency, and delay. One of the things that you don't want in your project is having delay because delay costs more money, right? Because if you're doing a project and there's a delay, you have to pay people over time, right? So if you pay, if you were they pay you for two months, and all of a sudden the project will come three months, would you not pay your staff, the project staff? And by the way, project staffs. In project management, there are two types of organization. There's a functional organization and there's what you call the um, projectized organization. So if you run a proper project business, like Xavier is a projectized organization, each client is different, each client is unique. So each project, each task is a project, 
right? We run projectized organizations. So most of the time, we really don't have a house. We can wake up tomorrow and next time we're in Syria alone, tomorrow we're in Liberia, you know, we're in Canada and all that kind of stuff. As the projects come, we travel, right? So if you run a projectized organization, you need to pay more attention to understanding delays, right? And maybe later on, I'll break down some of these strategies even deeper, right? So guys, thank you once again. I uh, hope it was worth your time. Um, I think at this point, we'll draw the Thank call. you. Right. Does anybody want to do a vote of thanks? Right. Um, or a question? Please unmute your mic and do a vote of thanks at this point. From me, good evening all. My name is Patrick Eke. Um, this is the first time actually I have to join this um, Zoom uh, meeting program. It has been very interactive, very interesting. I really get that a lot, though we had uh, an interruption by the hackers, which uh, made me to miss quite a lot as well. But then I really got a handful of uh, informations, well-typed up information that can be utilized at any point in time. So I want to really thank the um, organization, Hexivian, those in charge, the, the crew members, and all the information we'll be getting from the WhatsApp group I've, I've never missed any. It has been very educative, very interactive, even the questions and all the interviews, everything has been wonderful. So you guys are really doing very well. And um, I look forward from my own point of view that I'll have to maybe join the, the, all the, the groups so far that we have. And uh, yes, I would like to be a partner and also have um, some training with you. So I, I equally want to, on behalf of our other colleagues who also joined this um, platform for all the sacrifices they made and the time they spent and those who are not able to, and uh, we wish they would join us again. When we'll be having the part two, as promised uh, from you, Izu, thank you very much and uh, look forward to seeing you again and all the guys there. Bye. Oh, okay. Oh, somebody says, how do we join the WhatsApp group? Um, you have to be a member of HBC for you to join the group. But please drop your phone number and email. I, I would be interested in even having you try. They said, if you have a good product, you'll be ready to do freemium. So I'll be ready to even have people try and see whether it's worth your time before you even um, make more further commitment. So guys, thank you very much. Um, we joined cutting at this point. Um, hope it was worth your time. Right. Um, if you still want to stand back and just we'll just do some ranting, right, and some informal conversations. So officially, class is over. You can leave if you want, but we can just keep chatting till um, the class becomes empty. We can be very creative with these things, even though we're virtual. Let's imagine that we are all still um, physically sane. So let's do banter's. You know, let's share experiences and memories. I'm going to call out on people and just check up on them, right? Um, so yeah, so thank you very much. Um, God bless you guys. Uh, yeah, so I think that's pretty it. Um, Joe Toluhu, I don't know who Joe is. Uh, Joe, can we see your face? Please guys, we finished.